Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, and and they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them, and the woman woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord dealt deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them. And they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God, where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. 
And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, she then she left speaking unto her. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Amen. May the Lord bless to us this reading from his word. The story of Ruth is, I think, very interesting to modern readers and for a good number of reasons. We glimpse in this passage, in these uh, four chapters, this short account of this lady, Ruth, something of climate difficulties and economic problems that forced people to migrate to different regions and different countries. This is something that we talk about a lot today. But what this tells us is that these things are not new and you have migrants at this time also in the Bible. We also learn some details about how this ancient society was structured and managed itself, how rights of property were viewed, how the agricultural system was organised and the good relationships that existed between landowners and those who worked on the land. We learn about the application of the law of Moses for gleaning rights for poor families in the community. And these things are all incidental to the beautiful, personal and intimate story of this young Gentile woman whose husband dies, but whose love and commitment and trust for her mother-in-law endures and how from the distressing circumstances this young woman obtains a second chance for happiness and fulfilment and yet at another level altogether above all these things the history of Ruth is also a clear spiritual lesson for us because it teaches us about the Lord Jesus Christ, as all the scriptures do. It teaches us about the work of Christ. It teaches us about redemption 
and it teaches us about the Lord redeeming his church. In the sense that as Ruth was lost, as Ruth was distressed, as Ruth was close to death and impoverished, so the Lord's people are poor and distressed and lost. And as Ruth was redeemed, so the Lord's people have been redeemed by the Lord Jesus Christ. It speaks of the love of Christ, that the, of the love that Christ has for his people and how that he obtains our salvation and makes us his bride. And it also gives us a little surprise at the end, which we will talk about on another occasion. But it is such a beautiful little story, so compact and yet so full of blessed truths. So I hope as the Lord enables, we might be able to learn some things from this little passage over the coming weeks. And we'll turn to some of these themes that I've mentioned. No doubt we'll return to them. But today I want us to notice a few points from this opening chapter, from the beginning of this account of the history of Ruth. And we'd learn right from the very beginning that these events occurred during the time of the judges. Now we've been spending some time reading about the judges, the various uh, men and, and one woman uh, that, that was there. And we read about the judges and the times of the judges which probably extended over several hundred years, maybe three, three hundred and fifty years. But uh, this was a time of uncertainty, a time of instability, a time of the movements of people. And uh, it was a time which was something like three and uh, not quite, but almost three and a half thousand years ago. So it's a story from a long, long time ago. And I want us to notice that the Bible gives us information about the names of the people involved in this story. And names in scripture are important. When the, when the scripture gives us a name and, and we think back and learn about what that name means from the words that are involved in the translation of that name, we very often discover that the Lord is pointing us to a particular thing to do with that person and that person's life. And indeed, sometimes we find that names are changed in Scripture in order to uh, convey some special meaning. Here we encounter a man called Elimelech, and his name means, My God a king. Now that may suggest that Elimelech was indeed a believer in God, but that's not entirely certain, so we will just mention at this moment that that's what his name means. And we also meet his wife, who is called Naomi, and she certainly seems to have been a believer, and uh, her name means my delight. And they lived in Bethlehem, Judah, and Bethlehem means the house of bread. But here we discover that there was a time of famine, and this 
house of bread didn't have much bread in it. There was a famine and people were hungry and people were poor. There were hard times in Judah during the times of the judges. And we also discover that Elimelech and Naomi decide to leave the land of Canaan, leave this area in Judah and go to Moab with their two boys. The boys are uh, Malon and Chilion and these names mean sickness and starvation which perhaps implies to us that these were already feeble children when they were born as a result of the famine that there was in the land of Judah at this time. Elimelech and Naomi decide to move their family uh, out of the region to try and make a better life for them all. And this, uh, I, I've sometimes heard this severely criticised. I'm not so sure that I want to uh, be too severe in my criticism of Elimelech and Naomi on this account. I don't think it's a mistake in itself and I believe that in some respects we might be able to say that they acted responsibly in doing so. And yet there is an element of doubt because they left a place where God had promised to bless his people for a place that was foreign to them, that was opposed to their faith and where idols were worshipped. And so they were putting themselves, although they thought they were doing themselves good and they were helping themselves, they were putting themselves nevertheless in a place of danger and vulnerability. And here was a question perhaps that they had to weigh up in their own minds. We could spend time assessing that decision, but we don't know all that was involved in it. Let it be enough to say that there ought to be a very pressing reason for a believer to leave his spiritual home. Here in Moab, where Elimelech travelled to, it seemed at first that there was an element of prosperity. The young boys grew and they took wives, they they married local girls. So they endeavoured to establish themselves in the society. It wasn't as if they immediately came back and said, oh, we can't stay here, this is, this is all wrong. They, they became part of that society. We're told that they lived there in excess of 10 years. They married some girls, a lady called Orpah and a lady called Ruth. And no doubt there were times of joy and there were times of pleasure in this land. However, in a short space of time, there was also a lot of change and the family was devastated by death. The death, in fact, of all three men. First Elimelech and then Naomi's two sons died, leaving her in Moab with her two young daughters-in-law. And this reminds us that we all can make plans and do what seems best for us. And yet ultimately, our times are in the hands of God. And none of us know what a day or a year 
will bring. To that extent, all of our decisions should be made humbly and with an eye to the Lord's will. We can make our plans. We can decide what we're going to do. But let us always bring the Lord into our thoughts and into our decisions. While we cannot tell what the future holds, we should plan and act under the direction of the Lord, trusting him to provide for our needs. In that place, far away in Moab, Naomi heard that the famine in Judah had lifted and now there was food back in her old home in her old region. So she decided to return back to Judah, back to Bethlehem. And at first it seemed that the three women would travel together. But Naomi realised the great implication that this would have for these young girls. And she wrestled with questions about where their greater good was likely to be found. And she advised them to return to their mothers and she prayed for the Lord's blessing upon them. This is one of the reasons I think that we can say that Naomi was indeed a believer because despite losing her three uh, uh, men, the three men in her life, she still looked for the Lord's blessing. She still had faith in the Lord. And despite initially refusing, Orpah succumbed to Naomi's request and she agreed to return to her old home in Moab. Ruth, however, would not go back and she delivers one of the most famous pledges of commitment ever spoken. It's a delightful uh, statement and, and testimony that she makes. She says in verse 16 and 17, this is, it's worth reading again. Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. What a very mature and what a very deep and thoughtful statement of allegiance that is. Here was a a, a girl who was so dedicated, who so loved Naomi, that she said, wherever you go, Naomi, there I will be. And Naomi realised from this that Ruth was not going to be swayed. So she stopped urging her to return and the two of them made their way back to the land of Judah together. And the first chapter then ends with a lament. After more than 10 years, Naomi is back in her hometown, but she was poorer, she was sadder and she was full of regret. 
And we saw there how she said, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, because the Lord, the Almighty, dealt very bitterly with me. Here are a couple of lessons that perhaps we can take from this story today. As I said, I don't know exactly whether or not Elimelech can be said to be a believer. Perhaps his name is suggestive that he was, that he did truly trust in the Lord. But Naomi, I suggest, certainly did. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that Elimelech did what he thought was best for his family by making the move from Judah to Moab. However, time and testing brought Naomi back home with the testimony that the Lord had afflicted her. And this opens a question which a lot of people, a lot of believers have. We want to know what is the will of the Lord for us when we make decisions. And I think that there's something admirable. It's not just that we are uncertain or we lack confidence or we don't know what to do out of a sense of ignorance. But there is in the desire of the Lord's people to find the Lord's will, a willingness to follow what he would have us do. To not step outside of his will for us and do something which we think perhaps is inappropriate. How do we make decisions about what to do for the best? And it's not an easy question. What I would say is this. God has a revealed will. And that is the Bible, the word of God that we read and study together. The, 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 the scriptures with their books and their chapters and their verses and the wisdom that that contains. And these scriptures are an authority to us. And they teach us how we are to live. So that we can take the principles, we can take the lessons, we can see the values that the Lord gives, and we can see the examples of the Lord's people, and we make decisions based upon our understanding of these things. The Bible and also past providences, the way that the Lord has led us, the things that the Lord has taught us, the people that the Lord has made us to be, the values that we have and the affections that we have, all work together, all come together in order to help us and direct us in our decision making. So the Lord has a revealed will. But he also has a secret will, which is by definition secret. And we don't know that until that will unfolds. That's what the future holds. Now, we do get glimpses of that secret will. That is true because the Lord has made promises in the scriptures about what he is going to do. And he has given us prophecies in the scriptures. However... All we can do is try to make the best decisions we can in the light of the revealed will of God and trust him to take care of us and for us as his secret will 
unfolds, as the future becomes clearer. But let us always remember that we don't do this in a vacuum. We do it with the promise that the Lord loves us and he will be with us through every experience, whether that is good or whether it is bad, whether it is joyful or whether it is sorrowful. So that's the first thing that I want us just to to think about. And here's another little application that we can make from this passage. While the Lord loves his people and has promised he will do us good, we all nevertheless learn that sometimes our experiences in this life are rocky and hard. I have no doubt that the Lord loved Naomi, but I equally have no doubt that she endured his hand of affliction. And I'm not going to say that this was retribution for sin because I don't believe that it was. There is a discipline that comes into the life of believers. But Naomi's experience of adversity was to draw her closer to the Lord and cause her to lean upon him more. She learned to be comforted by the Lord even in that adversity and in the affliction that she experienced. None of us know what our future holds, what our personal future contains. It may be that there is trial. It may be that there is loss. It may be that there is sadness. Even such sadness as Naomi endured. And yet through it all, Naomi trusted the Lord. And she is a picture here of what true faith is. She asked for God to help her daughters-in-law. She continued to lean upon the Lord despite all the affliction she experienced. And this shows that her faith was real. It persevered. It outlasted the hard times. Trouble and testing come to us all. But the evidence of true faith is that it endures to the end. There would be better times ahead for Naomi. But she could not see them now. Therefore, she had to trust the Lord. For now she could only acknowledge what had happened and humbly commit her future into the Lord's care, trusting him to be merciful and to help her in time of need. And that's all we can do as well. Trust in the Lord. And Ruth too had known hardship. Moving a little bit away from Naomi and thinking about Ruth's own experience. She lost her young husband and she was in poverty as well. But she learned to trust the Lord through the witness of Naomi. You know, sometimes we think, oh, we always ought to have a good testimony. We always ought to bear a good witness and we always ought to make it look as if we are we're succeeding and we're overcoming and we're coping and we're we're 
accomplishing. Naomi didn't. Naomi succumbed under the adversity of the Lord's hand. And yet even in that, her witness to her daughter-in-law, her witness to Ruth, was a witness which caused Ruth to trust in the Lord that Naomi depended upon. And Ruth's profession of faith was simple, but it was sincere. She had learned about the Lord from Naomi, and she trusted him, as did her mother-in-law. You know, it's a blessing if we as young people have been introduced to the Lord by our parents or by those family members who surround us. It is a very great blessing. I don't know whether you appreciate that. I hope you do in years to come if you don't entirely do so now. It is a very great blessing to have been introduced to the things of the Lord in our early years. This knowledge came from Naomi, but it also came from God, the Holy Spirit. He had given Ruth a view of the promise of salvation and help that caused her to leave her old life, her old gods, and to go forward with Christ. The truth is, the fact of the matter is, if we are truly the Lord's, we will be kept by him no matter what hardship we have to endure. We may stumble and fall, but the Lord is faithful and having once saved us, he will not let us go. May the Lord bless these thoughts to us today. Amen.